podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome once again to another Match Day edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm literally joined by Andy. It's happened! We are renewed! We're in a gazebo in my garden for the away fixture at Champions-elect Manchester City. Coming up, we'll discuss our head-to-head record, go through the lineup, give our predictions for the game, and then, as always, afterwards, we'll have a chat and hope we haven't been embarrassed. And drink some bloody lager. Oh, no, not lager beer. Yeah, proper stuff. Legit gear, my mate. So, our head-to-head record with Manchester City, we've won 42, drawn 18, and lost 45. We only played them once in the wilderness years, a 4-0 FA Cup uh, defeat in 2013. Last time out, we got a 1-1 draw that Marcelo Bielsa said, in, in his best Michael Owen impression, we could have drawn it, won it, or lost that game. That's not like Marcelo, is it? No, but I think I think he was trying to say a draw was probably a fair result because we had chances to win it and they had chances to win it, so he will so a draw's fair. But it's hard to kind of get around that. It's good being together today, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Do you know what? I was when I was driving over here, well say I was driving over. When I got dropped off here, my thoughts just went, I'm never ever, ever gonna take going to a game for granted ever again. You know what I mean? Because there's some games I've gone. Gone there and gone, oh, you know, we're lucky we're season ticket holders, but there's some games where you go, can't be asked. Tuesday night, it's freezing. It's a bit of a dead rubber. Never again. I cannot wait to be back in there. I'm missing it so much. Well, we'll get to this in a bit when we talk about what the City fans think, but they think essentially this Why is... Why are we talking to Bradford fans? The Manchester City fans believe that this is a bit of a dead rubber and that they think Leeds being safe we'll already believe we're on the beach so we'll get to that i fully agree being able to be together to watch a game feels like i know, I know we've already had that at the start of the season but it feels like the start of the way back i just can't wait to be back in the ground i know i know i told sent something the other day google mugged me off it said you know google automatically makes little albums for you and the album was called the roar of the crowd Oh, Google, do one. So, uh, team news. There's no Jack Harrison due to the loan agreement with Manchester City. I don't know how to help with that. Here are other things you can try. You're posh. You've got Google Home in your garden. Can't have a gazebo with no Google in it. Google are taking over the world, in case you hadn't noticed. So, Helder Costa comes back in uh, to the starting lineup because Jack Harrison can't start. Now, just what's your take on this? I get asked quite a few times... Um, whether or not I think we'll actually sign Jack Harrison. I'm pretty convinced that the we deferred the payment of the transfer a year down the line. For deferred loan. Yes. So that we could be, so we could have a loan and also um <laughs> not have it appear as another gaping thing on those books that came out last week that we have no need to talk about. You cannot wait till uh, we have to isolate again, can you? I'm doing your editing already, aren't I? No, mate, don't worry. I, I, again, I also regularly get messages from people saying, I bet it's fun being with Andy. Sarcastic pricks, all of you. So, a uh, bit on Blue Moon. Um, and this guy said, not wanting to sound raggish. Now, raggish, they call Manchester United the rags. So he doesn't want to sound like one of them. 
But from what I have seen, uh, oh, by the way, I think that's what it was from, from trying to interpret it. But from what I've seen of Leeds this season, I haven't been that impressed. It's like having Liam Gallagher in my, in, in my gazebo. Well, I, I slipped a little Liam in, but then slipped out of it again. They look very up and down and pretty ordinary in many respects and certainly not as good as they looked when I watched them in their promotion season. But for the mistake by Edison and us not taking chances, I thought we should have won at Leeds. So what he's saying is, if they hadn't conceded and had scored more goals, they would have beaten us. And everybody's lauded that as probably the best game of the season. Yeah, from um, from a new well, not even just from a new from any perspective, watching a game where both teams want to win and the tactics are so different to to other teams in terms of the way they're set up in these kind of games. People talk about basketball games with leads and going toe to toe, and people went on in that thread to talk about how pundits love leads and lauders like essentially like we're the champions and they're not the champions, and um, actually we're pretty rubbish. I think what pundits are saying is it's refreshing to watch a team who every game want to go out and win. And they're bloody good. Yeah, we are good. We are good. Does today worry you, though? I really fancy us today. (laughs) (laughs) You say that every podcast. You always say, I really fancy us today. I really do. I I think shackles are completely off. They're only 2-1 up against Dortmund. Dortmund got that way goal. He said it in St. Annis, saying that, oh, the worst game he could ever play in between a Champions League knockout round is against Leeds in a Bielsa team. I, I've not seen their lineup yet. I, I just, I think he's going to rest a couple. And, and obviously, their reserve team's bloody brilliant. But if we just go at it with no fear, Christ on a bike, we're going to absolutely bash him. <laughs> bash him. He plays for Sheffield United. Um, yeah, there were there were talk of Manchester City. They were saying they need to make at least seven changes. So I thought I'd be interested to see how many they actually done. It says uh, Matt Lawrence here saying Guardiola can rest anyone. He can afford to rest whoever he wants. Uh, yeah, and that he thought it'd be three nil. Nathan Ake's returned. Um, I forgot that he had ever played there. Let's see. Where does he say Aguero's absence? Oh, Aguero's not playing. Guardiola is the most mank manager you could ever have in it. Guardiola. Guardiola. Yeah, but he's uh, obviously... That was Scouse. Guardiola. Scouse and mank are some kind of obvious uh, extension of one another. Don't say that to them. They get all eggy about that. Team news. Uh, Nathan Akimasis. There are seven changes to uh, Manchester City's team. Jesus is up front, Sterling and Torres, Zinchenko, Fernandinho, Silva, Mendy, Ake, Stones, Cancelo and Edison. That's a Premier League winning team. Didn't he die the other day and come back to life on Sunday? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, him. So, thanks as always to Joe Bedford for the referee update. Love you. Uh, Today's referee is Andre Mariner. We've lost the majority of games Birmingham-born Villa fan Mariner has refed his career but won our last two both at home to Palace and Southampton but we lost against Leicester at home so that's where we're at with that sounds fishy him we're down to predictions so you think Leeds United are going to beat that Manchester City team today yeah 2-1 have you got a scorers Bamford twice Bam Bamford yeah yeah not Bam Bamford no not Bam 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 yeah yeah I got it right didn't I yeah, Bam Bamford. Bam Bamford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, Bamford's going to score twice. And uh, 
they're gonna they're gonna go one nil up and then we're gonna do two one. It's gonna be class. Wow. I mean, I'd take it. Sure. I'm gonna predict three uh, one Manchester City today. I'm gonna be negative. Um, I think we'll come out saying we've give it a go. We've had a good performance. They've spent millions, etc., etc. It's all about next season, and I think that's the narrative of our second half. What I'm thinking, the only kind of thing that's kind of given me something this week from them. Have you, did you see De Bruyne and what he's done for his new contract? Yeah, that's really good. I like that. It's brilliant, isn't it? He's backed himself with stats. Lufc stats. No, he beat us in the World Cup of football Twitter by Lufc worldwide. So well done, stats. What a lot of guff that is, by the way. Anyway, love your stats. Um, my, my point being, if people don't know, is that Kevin De Bruyne basically employed some statistic, statistic, stats people. A data analyst. Yeah, one of them as well. And what he said was, work out how much impact I have on the team with all the players that are there and what I'll have when I'm hitting my peak. Because he don't believe it's his peak yet, does he? Well, I hope no one ever does this for my next salary thing. <laughs> so what he's done is he's sacked off his agent and gone, I'm not paying someone... 12 million quid just to sit there and sign a bit of paper for me. He's given some like data nerds, probably a couple of grand, and signed himself and it's an 83 million quid deal. That's insane. Kevin De Baller. Man's got cash for days. What's your final word before the game? Aguero isn't playing. And he's not signing for Leeds. Well, fair reference. Um, that's a bit of clickbait, but the quality of our clickbait's increased, hasn't it? No, he's 32. He's over the hill. All the best. Sergi, no. That's a no from me. Blimey. I'll go cautious. That's my word. Sound. Because we won't be cautious, and <laughs> but I, I, I don't want to get carried away like you've just done. So hopefully, maybe I can be cautiously optimistic Then we come back to the second half and don't just say, well, we gave it a go. We're a naive. These are the games next year we want to be seeing improvements in. You know, maybe you'll be right and we'll be able to come back and discuss a big three points. Well, we will, because uh, you're going to be off your noodle soon, because we've got a load of beer. See you on the other side. Well, we're back, and it's finished Manchester City 1. Leeds United 2! And I absolutely called it for the first time in 113 episodes. Yep, we're 113 episodes into the Leeds Up podcast, of which many have obviously been matchday pods, and congratulations, that's the first time you've ever got it right. So that feeling you had this morning, it was right. And I did say Dallas, I didn't say Bamford, did I? You said Dallas, Dallas. Da Dallas. Dallas double. It's really hard not to get like too carried away with this, because it's an absolute like barnstorming hell of a feeling, this, isn't it? But I feel so robbed in that game. I feel we got robbed of the performance that we deserved and started showing, do you? Well, let's 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 go through in order. First half, actually it it was quite a steady away. It was sort of toe to toe. I I can't believe that we actually only had two shots in the entire game, but that was efficient. Anyways, we'd gone back and forth, we'd been steady enough, and then we'd picked our moment. It was a really, really calculated performance that first half and Stuart Dallas what hero this this whole pod's going to make no sense we're going to try and do it in order we're just going to get giddy the entire way through go on if you look at it the, the game pragmatically we've defended well we've stopped them playing my mate Texas said we've burnley them and I 
I kind of agree. That's Spud, by the way. Shout out, Matthew. But I don't really kind of go with that because although we we stopped them playing, we also absolutely had them on the counter. They were playing directly into our hands. Don't you think, Paul? I think that um, Leeds United have just messaged me saying half price off away kits, but but not the red one that I wanted. So you want the red one? Of course, I want it. And James wants it as well. <laughs> Anyways. We were we were saying early doors. It's actually interesting to see a game where we don't have the possession, but we do get to play on the counter because it's we're, we're pacey and we get players forwards. So scoring, I don't really think it was necessarily a fully counter-attacking goal, but that first, obviously the second was, but the first goal, brilliant finish. Like put it, why didn't the keeper dive? It was a shot off target off the post, wasn't it? He's gone left, right, good night, all the very best, and it was beautiful. The thing you've got to remember here is that everyone's going, ooh, you had two shots on target, blah, 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 guff, guff, guff. Bamford was an airs, a cat's airs bollock away. A cat's bollock, you know what I'm trying to say, I've had a couple of beers with Paul, first time in a while. If that ball's not gone just behind him, he's probably burying that or put it into row Z, but it's just gone behind him, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You you score just before half time, and you're thinking, see it out, half time, regroup, and and crack on, but so much more hap- so much more happened before half time. Let's talk through this because let's talk through it in the order in which we saw it. We both saw Liam Cooper win the ball and both said, "Brilliant tackle." Do you remember that tackle a few weeks ago where he's absolutely clattered someone and says, "Oh, it's like a flipping, it's like seeing Norman Hunter again." Who was that against? I don't even remember, but I, I know what you're talking about because there's a few. Like there are there are tackles in a game every game where a player strongly wins the ball and catches the man after. Cleanly won the ball and the player's knee has got in the way of his foot that's up near his knee. I'll go through what I have in terms of issues with that as a red card. If the rule is you win the ball but you catch the man and it's high therefore it's deemed out of control and it's a red card, then fine. If that's applied equally every time by every referee and VAR, objectively, not subjectively, then it's fine. If Sterling leaves one on Rafinha and full-on stands on him... Hang on, leaves two on Rafinha, double-footed. If he stands on him... After the ball's gone and it's checked and it's said to be exactly the same as Liam Cooper's, then fine. If Baldock's, when he's gone through him two feet, is off, then it's fine. I don't have a problem with Liam Cooper's being a red card. I have a problem when it's subjective and it leads you into this situation. And I don't, like, I'm forgetting here that we won. Because it won't get overturned because they, they they can't like he he's reviewed it. I'd love it to get overturned. It won't because it's a red card by the letter of the law. You've summed it up perfectly. You said it leads you into it. You said the word leads. The thing, the authorities within football sometimes, very occasionally, hold their hands up and say, "Yeah, this challenge was wrong." But now they've got VAR, they're even more reluctant to do that. They have made shocking decisions. And your man, who's the BT Sports like specialist pundit, Peter Walton, who used to be a bloody referee himself, has gone, 
Yeah, that's the yellow card. It'll be very unlucky if it's a red. Then your man, Andre Fishypants, who's gone over to screen, who must have had at least 15 grand on Man City today, has gone, oh yeah, that's a red. That's a red. When an established, arguably legendary referee, I mean, I'm, I'm using that as an excuse, has gone, that's a yellow, tops, as an expert pundit. I just think the the main thing to take away from that is a lack of consistency in VR that that needs hugely reviewing because it's unfair. It's unfair that last week Baldox was allowed to be substituted and didn't even get a yellow, um, which is probably what a lot of Leeds fans... But you can look within this game and look at the Sterling one. Um, I sent this to a City fan and he said, yeah, you could look at anything badly if you slow it down. It's like, yeah, they slowed down the Cooper one to note the contact. His contact in a still frame looks awful, which is why he got a red card. But he grazed him at best, having won the ball. So I'm not buying that. It's then led us into a second half where well, we've instantly taken Bamford off. I don't think, in terms of the way we played, I didn't actually expect it to make as much of an impact in terms of sitting back. But we've sat back and we've sat in and we've actually... I don't, we've done it because we had to. It's not because it's a training exercise. We're I, not, I felt really comfortable until they scored. I know. I know it sounds stupid, and I was saying to you the whole game, I went, I don't feel threatened, and that's easy with hindsight, but I did say that, didn't I? Let's have a look at, say, the Wigan game. <laughs> this is the opposite of that, to an extent. If we go back to a game where, or any game, where we are piling on, we've got the ball the entire time, what you know is, chances for us are actually going to be less frequent, but easier than chances for them. Because of the amount of play they've got high up the field, when we get in behind, we're going to have a chance to run at them. But it's not going to be frequent. And we've probably got two or three. Rafinha's gone through and Edison's made a worldy tackle, like where he's gambled. Then that ball from Alioski, where it's outside the foot, swung it. Like Gianni Alioski, this comes back to... We hope, we hope that he doesn't go to Galatasaray because I honestly don't mind personally where he goes to play his trade. I've, You'd be okay if he went to Galatasaray? No, I think that he has a right to, and I think that it would be a shame for him to do so. But I understand why he could do. Massively disagree. That's fine. That's that's how opinions go. I'm not, I don't think it's... That's an issue for another day. What I was really trying to say here was, if it looks like Van Arnold's going there, I'm really hopeful that, that he doesn't go. But his service to this club and some of the moments that he's created for us have been phenomenal. And I, what I was really wanting to say is that I hope he doesn't go there so that people don't look back and tarnish what he's done for us by where he's gone next. Speaking of don't look back in tarnish, they're Man City fans, aren't they? They are, yeah. Don't look back in tarnish, that well-known hit. And Stuart Dallas has a hell of an engine. He will play anywhere. Stuart Dallas, if, we, if we're if we honest about this now, and we look at the last few years, and you look at most improved player, or, or in terms of most effective, or best utilised, or anything, he's got to be right at the top of those charts. Lucy Ward, they said, oh, who, who are we going to give man of the match to? And I, I said to you, I'm going to credit myself with this, I said, she loves Calvin Phillips, she's going to give it Calvin Phillips. Then she did, but she later said, I think we're going to have to change my man of the match. Because Stuart Dallas deserved it, Andy. Stuart Dallas deserves it, right? But he's not my man of the match. Because that's just the way I'm feeling tonight. Today? This afternoon? 
Three o'clock, lots of beer. The the thing for me with Stuart Dallas is everyone's arcing on saying, oh, we need to sign somebody to uh, come sit next to Rodrigo or whatever and or get some more stuff in midfield and saying, Rodrigo to Paul, this, this, that and the other. I think we now need to be seriously thinking, Paul, we need somebody to accompany Dallas. I think Dallas is your starting central midfielder, get a new left back. I, I think that's where we need to be looking. If we're getting onto a man of the match already, we, we, like you say, we can't look past Dallas too far because he scored two very, very good goals and his engine was unbelievable, especially for that second. But for me, if you look at someone playing for a contract and trying to do right by themselves and by the club, Helder Costa had a very, very good game. Yeah, absolutely. He did. And we said early in the first half, Helder Costa isn't getting that many chances. And Helder Costa is behind Rafinha and Jack Harrison and we may even look to sign another winger. Um, we've got Ian Pervader in there who had lots of chances early in the season but hasn't been seen for a while after his injury. But this was Helder Costa's big day. I don't think he, he let us down. I think he put a shift in throughout. If you go back to the Crystal Palace game where he was really unfortunate to score a disastrous own goal. But yeah, that that I think for you and for many others, that was the end of Helder Costa. That was... He's not good enough. If we want to go to the next level, we need someone else. Helder Costa occasionally gets these chances. I'm a big fan of Helder Costa. I think he's still got a, a role to play at this club. It's if and when he can be asked. He's, he's, he's all right going forward. He's got one insane turn of pace. But today, he actually pulled it and he tracked back and defended well and he broke well. So for me, he's man of the match just because I was actually probably surprised at how he performed. I knew he'd do all right. And I knew he'd do well because, you know, I'm a visionary. I called 2-1. I said De Dallas to get two goals. I think he played well. I think, again, Rafinha did well. I, I think the whole team did well. We defended solidly and that's not something you can normally say about a Legion United team this season. And drawing on that point, I don't like, and they clearly didn't like, the rhetoric that we are weak defensively. We've shipped a lot of goals, but... We have not had a stable back four all season until the last few games. I think the leads of the last few get before these last two victories, we had a string of performances where we were losing or narrowly being defeated, but actually being the dominant side. There is so much more to come from this Leeds United team. I, I honestly believe, I'll say this now because I've had half a shandy. Everyone bangs on about what Moyes has done at West Ham. And, and how good West Ham are, they ain't better than us. They've got more points than us. We've we've gone toe-to-toe with them in two games this season, and it's fine margins. It frustrates me that they're in with a vague shout of Champions League. We've beat Leicester at Leicester. We've beat City, Manchester City at wherever they play these days. The only team that have properly, properly turned us over, and still we went toe-to-toe, was at, at the toilet. And I think... Gaining that experience, gaining that consistency for next season, keeping the coach. This that's why today, having done what we've done for like that forty-five minutes, of the second half was about two and a half years. It wasn't forty-five minutes. That's why that's the performance of the season, and why in games when we've struggled to find someone, and we've always gone Stuart Dallas seven out of ten, seven out of ten. Stuart Dallas ten out of ten today. He did everything. He was everywhere, and Stuart Dallas is my man of the match. No one's coming back at me on that, other than Lucy Ward, although she changed her mind. So there you have it. Leeds United, the best team in the world. 
But before we get onto our words, I think we've missed a couple of people out saying how good they are. Diego Lorente was outstanding. Liam Cooper, before his red card, was outstanding. His diagonal balls to Rafinha, he had him on toast. I think commentator said, oh, after 13 minutes, he went, and that's the umpteenth time Rafinha's got in behind Mendy. And there's people cooing, going, oh, let's get Mendy at left back. You know, Leeds are bloody good. Let's enjoy it. The, the biggest thing for me, Paul, from today to take out of it, do you remember when we were uh, in that stupid season in League One and we got rid of minus 15 and we went zero, zero? That's us goal difference now. We're level pegging and we're ninth in Premier League. We're what? How many games to go? Eight? Seven? You can't knock it. You can't knock it whatsoever. The last time we played them at the City, we lost 4 0 eight years ago. And. Um, some of the youth played. Some of the players that day, Elad Juf, Steve Morrison. Michael. I'm trying to find the lineup because I've seen it recently and I think it's worth um Lee Peltier. Lee Peltier did play. He's the only one of that side who's still in the Premier League. Lee Peltier, Stephen Warnock, Jamie Ashdown in sticks. Ross McCormack played. Luke Varney played. Flipping L. Yeah, that's the that's that's what you talk about. And uh Norris. Uh Rudy Austin, although he's a yeah. ball, is a baller yeah. to be fair. But where we were at then with a team who you could like a few individuals and thought we could have done all right and we'd done decent against Spurs in the previous round versus today where you're looking at it going, we've got a chance of kicking on here. We're a massive club with a massive fan base. The infrastructure's right. The the management's right. Lorente, people have doubted because he's had injuries and then when he's had a run, people are going, oh yeah, he's a Spanish international defender. He's mint. Of course he is. It, like that assuredness, which may not be a word that he's brought to our defence. That performance today is season defining. It really is because we've come and we've said we can get a result at the champions. They're going to win the league. They may not need another point, right? They probably will because it doesn't work like that. But it works like that when you're getting relegated. Like, Newcastle might not need another point because Fulham are so unbelievably bad. That, for us, goes out and you say, yeah, do you know what? We're not going to have 20 shots every game. We're not going to have 60% possession every game. But we can beat the best team in the country who may win the cha- who may win a quadruple. Well, that takes on to me word. Because where, where Paul's then has said that's season-defining, I don't think it is. Well, season's been defined by us and how good we are. Today's not a benchmark for that. My word is Holland, as in Erling Holland, as in Borussia Dortmund are going to turn around and Leeds are going to do double on these divs, and it's going to stop them getting a quadruple. Unlucky Man City, Leeds are here. My word is proud. I'm just proud of the team. Like you, I'm going to be beaming and dining out on that for a long time. The reason I'm being a div now is because you look at you look at the two teams and they're quite comparable into the woes that we've had. And now we've gone and that it's jealousy, I suppose. It's green eyes going, look how much money they've had spent on them. But I still feel we have our soul. I don't believe they have their soul anymore, do you? Funny one. XG philosophy tell you the XG of games. Today's XG. Half-time Manchester City 0.96 versus Leeds 0.05. And the the full-time was Manchester City 2.24 versus Leeds 0.23. That doesn't tell you. XG is a stat. It's a basic thing. It doesn't tell you about soul. I didn't feel threatened, though. I know you didn't. We've witted around it all. That was brilliant. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Because 
this is we're gutted we're not there we're gutted that that should be amazing for people to be there and getting on buses and having it singing sweet caroline all the way back down to keithley or wherever you're going but we're back in terms of our stature and when everyone gets back into those grounds if you're lucky enough to get back on the last game of the season but when we're all back next it's gonna be absolutely banging and you know what's even sweeter caroline what's that that the BT Sport logo we used today was from my uncle Gary, who's a Man City fan. Cheers, Gary. Have a good one. Sports Social Podcast Network.